the world we know is changing. I'm Moira Gunn, and welcome to Biotech Nation. With all this innovation in medicine going on around us, coupled with all the digital technology enabling us to access both information and services 24-7, you have to wonder, how do medical schools keep up? Tech Nation Health Chief Correspondent, Dr. Daniel Kraft. Well, Daniel, great to see you. Great to hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can see you, but they don't know that. I don't know that. This is It'll be our secret. (laughs) It'll be our secret, our secret. Um, I was, you know, just thinking about all of the medical professionals, from doctors to nurses to everybody, everyone in the whole, whole stream of things, they are all dealing with all this technology and all these things that are happening now. What about all the schools that train all these people? What are they going to do? Yeah, we think about the future of health and medicine. Um, We can't be training and educating medical students, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, physical therapists, healthcare administrators, you know, with the technology stacks and um, pathways of the past. Um, Medical schools in the United States changed dramatically in the early 1900s after this Flexner report, which tried to sort of standardize and up-level medical education before it was a bit of a free-for-all in terms of who got a medical degree. That's over a century ago? Right. And in in the case, we're we're still often, many medical schools still, you know, they, they, they start with, you know, anatomy and physiology, and then you get some clinical insights, and then you go to the wards the last two years, and, and you'll get some, maybe a little education about uh, genomics and genetics, and maybe even today nutrition. But you know, two years out of medical school, that's dramatically out of date. And we're in this accelerating age of personal genomics and wearable elements and digital health and virtual and augmented reality and CRISPR and gene editing. So the question is going to be, how do we train the healthcare workforce of the future or even up-level the healthcare workforce of today? It's, it's a big challenge, but also a really big opportunity. Now, of course, you are a practicing pediatric oncologist. And of course, we know that you are absorbing all the technology you can find. You are out there doing it. What is different for you in your practice that other people are going to have to learn? You're actually at the frontier. You have to change what you're doing. Where is there resistance? Where is there immediate change? Tell me about that. Well, I'm not as clinically active as I used to be. I'm still licensed, and I do my best to keep up with all these accelerating technologies. As you know, I I run a a program called NextMed Health, which brings together several hundred folks from around the planet to look at what's now near next in healthcare, including in medical education. And what I see today is that we're not utilizing the the here and now. You know, uh, we've talked in prior episodes about wearables and digital health. There's all sorts of wearable technology and data and connected blood pressure cuffs and sensors that the data and the insights could be flowing to our our clinicians and being used to optimize prevention, diagnostics, and therapy. But there's no training in, let's say, medical school about how to prescribe an app or even maybe how to do a smart, uh, have good bedside manner versus good website manner now that we're in this age of, of hybrid care and telehealth and physical health coming together. So, you know, why often meet clinicians, I sort of often educate them as to the art of the possible. We're already in an age of you know, lots of data. It could be using the patient's genomic information, their metabolomics from their continuous glucose monitor, if you use that, um, from uh, home-based or clinic-based ultrasounds that can, you know, avoid needing an MRI or more advanced imaging. There's all these new tools. 
The challenge is how do we integrate that into the knowledge base of the clinician that they can prescribe a, a digital therapeutic that they might find on a platform like digital.health, which is I, I built as a platform to find all these new digital health solutions. So one area I think that's going to shift medical educa edu education is making it more augmented and virtual. We're in an era of accelerating augmented reality, virtual reality, extended reality. That can now take you know learning anatomy, which was amazing to do on a cadaver, and augment that with the ability to take that cadaver and scan it and bring it into three dimensions and spin it around or make the heart work and give it different valvular challenges or give it a different medication. It can enable surgeons now to new, learn a new procedure or use new uh, devices and train in a virtual reality environment and make mistakes on a virtual patient uh, rather than a human one. So instead of see one, do one, teach one, as I was trained, the future is going to be see one, simulate, simulate, simulate. And we're seeing many medical schools where I trained down the street at Stanford as a, a big virtual reality and, and uh, medical simulation center use these tools now to, to speed up medical education. And a lot of results show that people maintain the knowledge faster and have better results when they're trained in these augmented and virtual environments, whether to learn a particular skill like suturing or doing a particular surgery um, or to interact collaboratively, let's say in a, an emergency room trauma bay. And we have to understand about simulations, their capabilities. It's one thing to say, okay, we're training you how to do this. Now you have an actual patient. We're supervising you. This is how you do it right. And that's great. The beauty of a simulation is you can suddenly turn it into a situation. You get a big bleed. You just, you open it up and you discover something you haven't seen before. It's a far more expansive education before you actually get to patients. Right. And that's been done often. Sometimes we still use model patients, actual humans who come in and simulate. It might just be the clinical exam and the conversation, which is so important getting that medical history, but it can also be used to simulate a trauma patient or a patient intensive care unit. And you've got the, the vital signs and the labs coming back to you in real time. And you can make mistakes in a simulated session, whether it's on a, a, a plastic model or increasingly in a virtual or augmented reality setting that you can never do and then stop the tape and go back and look at it. Similar to what we do in the flying community. I'm, I'm a pilot. I spent time in the Air National Guard. We would have flight simulators and train the fighter pilots. And when we would fly in real life, we'd go back and look at the videotapes or now the digital tapes and learn uh, with situational awareness, what was the big picture? Uh, where, where were the mistakes made or what could be improved on the next mission? And I think there's a big opportunity in healthcare to learn from our mistakes. We often have what's called M&M rounds, morbidity, mortality, looking at a particularly a case that went really badly. I think there's really the opportunity now to learn from almost every case, crowdsource that information and bring it just in time. So while VR and AR can be used to train a medical procedure, now it's being blended into the operating room itself. So a surgeon can be seeing through the patient's back and be guided step-by-step step to do, a, let's say, a spinal fusion that's, uh, that's evolved and come out through FDA approval. We're seeing examples uh, where a company called Theator has been taking the video of thousands of laparoscopic surgeries, learning from them and then tagging them. And now when the surgeons, the operating room, they're, they're getting early warning, they're getting guidance, almost like a GPS for surgery to upskill an average surgeon to be like a superstar surgeon and learn from thousands and sometimes eventually millions of cases. So we're going to see the overlap of medical education that's going to almost happen just in time, especially as we use augmented virtual reality with platforms like the Oculus Quest and now the soon-to-arrive Apple Vision and other platforms that will blend information just in time and be educating you as you're seeing and working on individual patients. We started this episode, you mentioned the 1900s Flexnor Report, which took all the medical schools in the U.S. and they all made a, a turn as to how they educated. 
do we need a present-day Flexner report of some type to take all of our medical schools and set them on this path? Well, medical schools are often set by their accreditation rules, right? So it's all driven by incentives. Um, and so I think it's really worth a new look at, you know, who do you even choose, let's say, for medical school? Do they need to be really good at organic chemistry and physics, uh, you know, and doing well on the MCATs? <laughs> like they used to be? <laughs> right. Or do you have someone who's better with the human connection? Because now, you know, you don't need to memorize as much as you used to in my day. Uh, you know, you're working in collaboration with the AI. It soon might be malpractice not to be using the AI when you're making a medical diagnosis or therapy. How do we collaborate with technologies? Do you need to train medical professionals how to help build apps and digital solutions that are in integrate into their practices? So what skill sets are needed, I think, is a big question uh, in terms of who you choose for and how you train folks. And then again, what courses are required? Um, I think we maybe had three or four hours of nutrition. We now know, of course, that nutrition, you know, uh, food be that medicine, medicine by the food. How could that be integrated better into medical education? How do we think about using genomics that's a, and other omics to pick the right drugs, the right therapies, or the right screenings? We've talked in other episodes about the digital twin. How does that get represented in the electronic medical record and systems that clinicians are interacting with? So yes, I think we need to look more at where the puck is going in terms of technology and what will clinicians of 2030 and 2040, the ones graduating now in 20 years, what, what they'll need to sort of have as a basis and how do they get educated and stay educated. We have what are called CMEs, continual medical education elements. Often listen to a lecture, check off a few boxes on a multiple choice exam. That may not be the best way to keep us up to date. I think we need to reimagine both how you educate clinicians and how you keep them up to date in this fast-moving world where we have new tools from, again, gene editing and nanotech and wearables and Internet of Things and big data and AI and VR blending together with ChatGPT to, to integrate with our clinical care, um, often not in the old-fashioned clinic or hospital, but often virtually uh, and in hybrid situations. Daniel, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming in. Well, it's always a pleasure to be here. And I think what's exciting for anybody out there is now you can be educating yourself about your own health and helping catalyze the future of medicine by bringing a, a new connected blood pressure cuff or app you might be using to your clinician or doctor, physical therapist, workout coach. And blowing their well, mind. And, and helping <laughs> catalyze the future of health and medicine. There's a lot of solutions out there that you can find for your own healthcare issues. And part of our opportunity is to integrate that into the bigger healthcare systems. Of course, there's no one system and there often have a lot of broken elements. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to improve things by not just improving medical education, but catalyzing new thoughts, new super connections, and, and that convergence of ideas and technologies that are really going to move the needle for health for, for all of us. Daniel, thanks so much for coming in. Always great to be with you, Maura. Thanks. Tech Nation Health Chief Correspondent Dr. Daniel Kraft is the founder and chair of NextMed Health on the web at nextmed.health and digital.health. Listen to more biotech podcasts at biotechnation.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Biotech Nation is a regular feature of the weekly public radio program, Tech Nation. Listen to the full show via podcast or on your local public radio station. For Biotech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn.